And we're back with Agile After Dark. As you know, we enjoy our adult beverages here on the show. And today we talk about when scaling Agile really works and when it doesn't work. And I like to think a good analogy for when scaling really is clicking. It's like a well-mixed cocktail. So think about that while I try to keep Greg away from the all-purpose flour that fell out over on my stove. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams-Woodford, sitting here, and with me today, sitting over there, is our usual co-host, Brandon Gartley, our resident nerd. What's up, Greg? You good? I'm uh, yeah, good, you're, you're, you're there. Like we're both wearing the, like the sailor hats. We're, we're in the sailor. It's, well, it's Halloween, yeah. so yeah, that's we true. dress it up like you know, sailors. Dress like sailors. Even though none of us know what, like, what a jib is. Yeah, and like you know, <laughs> we're not in any port. That would be really kind of uncomfortable. Or we're weird. not in the starboard either. Yeah, that's think. true. Also, <laughs> if you start saying "ahoy, matey" to each other, I might leave. Oh boy, whose voice was that? That's Jessica. She's back with us again from time to time. Could be she's auditioning to be our third cohort is that right cohort C- cohort no a cohort is like when you're like in a class together yeah but or i like think a cohort could mean like a group of three people you can say a co-op could be or, a co-op no i think it's more of a co- another co-host okay duh, well okay another co-host I, Jessica? I mean i could be a cohort a co-op or a co-host i'm not sure what i'm auditioning well for here's the thing though is that really you're we really have four people on the show because we have Jessica and we have Connie who may make an appearance at some point. We don't control that. Hey, oh, you never so know. Four people, one cat. Four people, one cat, one small studio called Apollo 13 in the Heartland. Yep. Okay? That's how that's what we do, yep. right? Yeah, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's and how we roll. Here we are. It's getting a little cold in the Heartland, so luckily we've got a lot of thick insulation yep. that also has foil to Keep the heat in and keep the sunlight out. Just like um, science. Just like, yep, exactly right. We're not going to land on the moon. Bill Nye, the science guy, would say, keep that heat in. Yep. And as usual, we're not going to land on the moon, but we'll get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Today's episode called Scaling Failing, appropriate for Halloween. Scaling mm-hmm. Failing, my problems are your problems. That's right, Greg. And by the way, if we're talking about problems, first I got a problem with my expenses. As usual, Brandon is typically the source of those issues because he brings them up to me as he is the banker of the group. Um, so I have a problem with that. Yep. Um, yep. Also, fashion. Recently, my hair has been mentioned on multiple uh, podcasts prior to they've been called a horn. A what were the other things you duck called tails. it, Brandon? A duck, duck tail, tails. which wasn't Woo! true. That's not you actually know that's actually kind of a cute thing. The duck people... tails in the back, not in the front. No, but, okay. not the duck tails so that I we're talking about. So I chose to wear a hat today, and yeah. it goes with the sailing theme. So yeah. I'm gonna yeah. just it does, say it's a, the sailing, the sailing cap, chapeau. So, so Jess, help me with this. Uh, I don't know if you can see it from where you're at, but Greg not only has a sailing cap, but he actually has a pin on one side of the cap. He actually, yeah, there, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Visual podcast. It's a, probably a sailing pin. It's, it's it is a pin that is true that was bought at the ship's store yeah. at Little Egg Harbor Yacht Club. So it is official. Yeah. Though official. So basically, that's I where it's like that's is like it's like a it's a it's a target thing for the boom. It's like right here. Yeah. This is this here's is where, this is where you where need to, to strike. Yeah. 
And given my uh, accident that I had last week, falling down in the <laughs> Is street, that what happened? That oh, it had nothing to <laughs> no. do with nothing with drinking. It wasn't a boom. It was a, it was a tree. It was a tree, which, which could be curb. made into a boom. Yeah. They probably that tree was like it was practicing. It yeah, was a, yeah. The, the tree was, was. practicing. By the way, you know what? I had I told this to a few people. I hadn't fallen down in a long time. It's good to fall down every once in a while, especially as you're getting older, because you know how to break your fall or not. I or learned not. that I didn't know how to yes. break my fall, and my face took the brunt of it, which you can see if you. But your phone was saved in front of me. Yeah, but your phone was safe because your it's hand. Phone, my phone was was uh, actually good. Yeah, so, and hips don't lie, Greg. All right, so here's the uh, deal. What are we talking about? The scaling failing. Once again, Brandon's coming up with these crazy, you know, concocted, you know, titles for these things that I know nothing about. I don't. I, does this one have some kind of weird cartoon reference from your childhood, or is it a movie? I mean, what? Where, where is this coming from? There is actually no uh, kind of popular show or anything like that. It's not pop culture. This is just let's get into it. The scaling failing, and you know, when we're talking about. What are the different things that we want to talk about today? So we'll kind of outline oh, that. I'm going to surprise you right now. There's actually a My Problems Are Your Problems song. Is there really? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Who's it by? Do you uh, remember? The Wiggles? No. <laughs> <laughs> My problems are think, your problems. I feel like it's like a hip-hop song or something. I can't remember. But oh. yeah, it is a song. Well, it's not the 99 Problems. Mm. But nope. Scaling Ain't One. But Scaling Ain't One. Oh, there we we're, go. We're started off on an yeah. awesome track right now. <laughs> I, she's she's already better than you, Greg. So um, my uh, my cohort, yeah, co- your cohort, co all of the stuff. It's a Roman edition. thing, okay? <laughs> Who's the nerd I'm now? I'm just auditioning for all of it. It's cool. By the way, all right. So we we had had conversations uh, as a group and with other people, um, but I think as coaches, as we're coaching the different levels of what we're talking about scaled agile we're doing team program portfolio whatever right um what are some of the constraints that kind of got us to to want to or need to scale right so we want to kind of cover that um and what are some of the specific things that are similar to different levels like if it's a team i'm running into this is that similar to what then goes to the program and the portfolio level um what do you mean by levels exactly we'll get into that Hold on, hold on to that thought there, mm, Sailor. Okay. Yeah. Put a sticky note in it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know. It's a card. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. That was such a dad joke laugh. I can't even start. It was supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then by recognizing the similar issues, is this something that we can use in terms of when we're talking to people at an enterprise level, what they're trying to go through? Because I think what I will say is, we do have like the structures and we've talked about replacing process with process, but are we basically able to say, Hey, this started with the teams. This is the stuff that they constraints that they ran into. That's why we had to go into this next level. And is that kind of something that we can learn from? So let me start. And Greg's just dying to get in here. I can, I can levels, see him. Levels. I can see him. I can see High him. versus low. Right. Weak versus strong. What does level yeah. mean? Right. So, I think one of the things that is important to to look at, and I'm not going to go back to the 1700s, Greg. I've already done that. I've mm-hmm. already done that. All right, multiple times. Yeah, um, it's more in the kind of the recent past in terms of the agile stuff. In terms of the manifesto came out, and we were kind of like, okay, it's software teams. It's you know we're delivering stuff regularly out to the customer. There's not that many you know in terms of 
different people that are involved with that process. Maybe have a few teams that are kind of working on components of a thing that's going out. Uh, and there may be some dependencies in between them, but basically that, okay, now when you start to enlarge what that pie is in terms of the work, then you have more teams, you have more dependencies. Okay. So now we're doing this thing called scrum of scrums, which is very short lived to be honest with you. Uh, because it's basically like, well, we need coordination between the teams. And then it was like, all hell's breaking loose. How do we deal with this? And so that's kind of where the well, scaling thing came I from. Would, I think there are people who argue with you that Scrum of Scrums is something that's valid, including um, there's certain people who in the Scrum world feel like that's a an answer to something like SAFE, which is, you know, the Scrum Alliance has their own approach on that. So are you sure that you're going to just throw that under the bus all, all the way before... No, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, for me, it's more of, okay, if I'm at a large, you know, health and public service, or I'm at a large financial services company, or I'm at a large uh, big box company, right? I've got thousands and thousands of people in my systems team working on things. Can you handle that with Scrum Scrum? Well, I think some people would argue that you can. I think okay. they would just basically Is that, Are you one of those people? And what's that? Are you one of those people? No, I'm just noticing that Jessica has on her script just colored in the I put wrote I'm notes on mine, but she just colored in the P and the O. Yeah. I'm a doodler. You know how some people just think better when they're when they mm -hmm. it's or I'm not paying attention to either one of you. One of the well, two. I mean yeah, it's, it's one of the two. Yeah. Well, so so I, I it's the latter. So I I mean, personally I would argue that I think Scrum of Scrums does have limitations. I would agree with that. Some people would say Scrum of Scrums with a another structure around it is also possible to work now again working having been associated with groups that are more enterprise level it's more difficult right so let's back up because you know we have a, a a varied audience we got like 40 demos on what on like kylie's like podcast by the way oh, so she you know i think she like spread the word yeah exactly thanks kylie appreciate that uh, thank God the audio was pretty good for that. But, uh, you know, so now we've got we've like already doubled in listeners. So maybe our, our audience is a little different. Right. So do we need to kind of like, OK, what is Scrum of Scrums? Yeah, I maybe think we talk about back. what, what yeah. Scrum of Scrums is Jessica, supposed yeah, to be and what sometimes yep. it turns into. Yeah. Pull your, you're, you're auditioning. No, so pull, pull your weight. Let's see what you have to say. Stop being a jerk. Jeez. No, I'm just saying. Go ahead. I don't from from my standpoint, from my experience, what Scrum of Scrums turned into pretty quickly, um, pretty consistently every time we put it together was basically just a status report, and it it wasn't really helpful in terms of like how do we how do we work through dependencies? How do we, it really was just it it was a status report that Scrum Masters came and reported to, and so it, I'm sure that there's a better way of doing it, but it it devolved into that so quickly every time we put it together. So that's interesting because actually if you're a scrum master, that's part of, I think your job is to provide status, right? So when you do inform your, yeah. your weekly Be transparent. Sure, thing sure. and then your retrospectives, that's what you're doing. And but so how does that really help the team? And so that's my, my feeling on scrum scrums is, is it should be helping to support the team to be able to reduce risk or, yeah. Resolve dependencies, and so if you're just right. giving status, then that doesn't necessarily help your team in any way. But then there's also just like, how do I protect my team? But also, 
bring these things to light. So do you think, uh, like, so if you just have one team that has a scrum master and they're doing their typical weekly scrum master meeting and they're making sure everybody's on track, you know, whatever the happens in that meeting, that seems to work okay, right? Mm -hmm. So are you saying that when you multiply that over multiple teams, it doesn't have the capacity, that role or that strategy does not have the capacity to deliver on what it needs to, which is an overall structure for a larger enterprise. Correct. And and you're not you're talking about again, if you're just giving status, you're talking about here's what's happening today. You're not necessarily looking towards the future. You're not necessarily planning on what what you have upcoming in a way that's going to be effective across all of the different teams. And as a scrum master, part of your job is to protect your team and to make sure that they have some some levels of autonomy within themselves and so if that's your goal then you aren't necessarily you know working towards kind of the broader good i think one of the limitations of this too is when i've worked on with several clients is when you're starting to broaden in terms of what you're working on you're working on you know a variety of complex systems you don't have that architectural runway enabler stuff mm -hmm. right scrum of scrums i think is a little limited mm -hmm. in that way in terms of okay, well, we need you to get all these other things done and it depends on how your teams are, you know, made up and so forth. But, you know, there there can be some limitations in terms of, well, we need from a foundational standpoint to have these things in place. Sure, when you have those really big systems, right. there needs, there has to be some kind of overarching vision, some guide, some, some something that helps yeah. all of these different teams get, Towards, towards where they're supposed to be headed, right. where they right. want to be headed. And then that's the vision stuff. And um, so uh, I think that it, you – okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concede, Greg. In, in certain environments, okay, Scrum with Scrum can work in terms of you have a – and I don't know if there's a tipping point in terms of whether it's from a technical standpoint or a number of people standpoint. I think there is probably a limitation there. Uh, because to, to Jess's point, you know, where is it beyond, well, you're working on this and we have to depend, like, it's just trying to solve dependency. That's the kind of the core of process behind right. that. Right. So if it's just the dependencies thing, yeah. there's a lot more, as we well know, that kind of feeds into everything. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I would, I would say that in my history prior to having any kind of frameworks, regarding scale, we would hit a ceiling and you would, you would hit a ceiling on a product side. You'd hit the ceiling on trying to enable teams to work towards a common goal and a vision because there just wasn't an apparatus or a structure to enable that to happen. So I do think there's a limitation again. I think it's not just, again, this isn't a safe conversation versus scrum, you know, scrum Alliance thing. Because people have their different opinions about those things, and that's not what we're heard. Well, we are here to talk about that, actually. Well, I mean, we are. I mean, we are, Greg. I mean, because I'm also not going to, well, as we go through this conversation today, I think, as we've done on previous podcasts, we're not going to necessarily say, particularly because I think we're going to kind of look at it from the various, when I'm talking about, when you ask me, like, what are you talking about levels? I'm like, where are the vision things coming from? Where are the you know, the overarching things of what really needs to get done. We may talk about it in a, in a kind of a, a structure that a lot of people that may be listening to this would understand, 
but we're probably gonna punch some holes into it. Well, maybe that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, maybe maybe we start with the with the kind of the roles that are involved in each one of these, and 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 kind of figure out what happens and where that takes us. No, I think that's good because you know we could start at you know the the teams that include the scrum masters, the product owners, and the teams and so forth. But you know, I think that whether it's safe or other ones, they they kind of understand that there's kind of a product level, which Greg you're a big proponent of, right? That is a thing that we we see advocated a lot in the agile space, but we don't really feel that there's, and I know I've learned a lot just working with you and the other people that are have worked in product stuff a lot in the past, is that they don't necessarily understand that and what it really is. Yeah, they just say the word product, right. that's product why that's, manager. And I think that's why in the outline we kind of left it towards the end. Yeah, because I was really so. If you guys really want to get some rants, you know, it's, it's Greg. It's Greg, Greg we're just trying to get him like at the boiling point. Yeah, but let's like let let's hold hold back and how let's dare talk you? About, I know. How dare you? Okay, go ahead. No. But let's talk about. She wrote notes on this part, by the way, that. everybody. Let's talk about like let's talk about. You were talking about levels, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Scrum Master, Release Train Engineer. Solution train engineer. Solution train train engineer. What the hell is and that? How, yeah. And, yeah, and we'll how and how we're just they starting to add stuff. We're just starting to creating new roles. Levels. Just to, just like it's ridiculous. Yeah. No. Well, I think that's one of the things that we want to get into. But let's start. Let's start where we're, where we're comfortable, right? Let's start where we're, you know, where where we're. At, well, I'm right? comfortable drinking. That's what I'm comfortable doing right now. Well, and it's know, Halloween. As well. It is Halloween. By the way, you know what's a little just a little problematic before we get into, Jessica, your. I can see you've got a quite a, a interesting no, set just, of notes there. You you, you showed me earlier today, just in the neighborhood here in the Heartland, a picture <laughs> of a dog dressed up in a Halloween costume. Yes, it's my favorite. Right, thing. so that, hot that, dog, dog. Now, and by the way, just like hold, just don't step on it, Brandon. Okay, so my we have a white fluffy dog, and my daughter put wings on the dog so she'd be like an angel oh, dog. Okay, yes. And she took her to school, and they had this thing called trunk or treat, and then the people come by, blah blah blah. Okay, so you showed me a picture of what you thought was cute, which was a dog. Is a little pug. Like is a, a, pug, a pug, and his name is Oscar. Okay. And so he was like dressed up as an Oscar Meyer wiener. And oh. by the way, is anybody disturbed by the fact that a hot dog? Is called a hot dog, and somebody would dress up their dog to be something that we just eat at ballparks. Because they're it's so cute, weird. you just want to eat their little toes. Little I get weird. it. I totally get it. It's weird. It's delicious. I'm disturbed. Yeah, but I, I almost mean, had to cancel this podcast. Do you I dress my dog wanna... up like a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, you. you oh, and a dinosaur. The... Actually, he's a great stegosaurus <laughs> and he hates me the entire time yeah. okay all right well i just wanted to get it, that out well it was, you know it was bothering me part of this is therapy for me okay yeah. this podcast part of it's yeah. therapy for me yeah. I just need to get it's that not, out you've never seen a dog's toes and just wanted to nibble on them that's weird that's very weird that's for another podcast that's the after after dark yeah podcast yes I know I'm not alone in this. <laughs> you might be alone so in that. They're so cute. I just want to eat okay. your face. They're so cute. By the way, I listen to a lot of murder podcasts, so I don't know if that's a thing, if it's, there's a correlation. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. So, so let's, sorry, let's go into okay. it. Like, we're at the Scrum Master, right? Yeah. So Good transition, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So we're all, we're, you're, you're back next week. So let, let's, let's talk about our Oscar Mayer we wiener dog dressed up as a wiener dog. As a scrum master, what are, they, what are they there to do, right? They're bring there, joy. Bring joy, right? 
They're like the, that's actually the, accurate. It actually is accurate. Yeah. You know, there is the celebrate the wins, keep people feeling like they're doing their stuff, but also was for me one of the main things is remove the impediments. Yep. Right. So one of the things that I'm doing as a scrum master is when I'm talking to people and they're saying like, yeah, I can't get this access or whatever, you know, this thing is going, this is like, you know what? Let me take care of that. (coughs) Oh my gosh. The coffer. Yep. The coffer is back. (laughs) Yep. 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 So there's going to be a little bit of that. There's a, there's a little bit of a theme here because like Carrie, because like Carrie like was supposed to invent cough syrup. That was like one of the innovation things, right? No, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know. But we should just play into that as part of the show. Like, yeah. hey, oh, cough, cough alert. Yeah. We should, and cough we should, alert. There she is again. Eventually, when we get, like, doing drops, we can do cough alert. Oh, I'll have, a, I'll have, like, the little, like, the, the switchboard thing. Yeah, where yeah, I can yeah, do, like, the things. The, oh, yeah, the sound things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that is or if, like, I'm, I yeah. love We're going to do it. Like, We're definitely going to do it. It's, it's it really actually called a cough button. It's actually called a cough button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a cat. <laughs> that was a hairball. Up a hairball. That thing. was a hairball. That's a different button. Yeah, that's a that's a totally <laughs> different button. <laughs> but what I was saying is like you get you're kind of removing those impediments so that the team basically is saying, okay, I get more head down time. You're taking care of that for me, and you know my story can't continue and stuff. Go to the next thing that's like the most important thing, and I'm going to take that away. And I can actually sit and do and work. I and literally work can work sit there and, and work, and I can stop complaining about there's too many ceremonies. Like, yep. And like this, the meetings are taking away from my work time. I have to deal with so this thing. There's someone there to actually help me. Right. Exactly. So the RTE, so let's like scale that particular yep. skill set, right? Yep. To the RTE. The RTE is, you know, and, and you know, I'm going to look at Greg for this, but the RTE in my mind is, and it's something, a, a position that's close to my heart, which is like it's an operation sort of thing where it's basically saying, we have a structure. We're going to set it up. Everyone's going to have a sense of it, but we're also going to adjust. Okay. Well, the good all, ones. The good ones, right? First of all, RTE is a safe term. Okay. So that's specific to safe. So right. we have to say that. That's, so yeah, that's fair. What, what, what that role is, is... So what's interesting about this conversation to me is... So I'm a product person. Your problem is my problem, Greg. My problem... I have a lot of problems at this point. And it's most of them are me. with you, oh, not mostly it's with me. Jessica. Yeah. But so, so the scrum master is really just like in a secretary, like making sure that oh. everything is moving forward, right? Like everything just to just take the impediments out of the way. Like that's just really what they're doing. They just make sure that they're the team gets what they need. They, if they have chairs or if they need a printer, or they set up or whatever. That's what that right. That's what a, a no. Scrum no, no, master does? no, 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 no. Well, no, that's no, what no. I heard you say earlier. I think. No. No, 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 I mean removing impediments is definitely a big part of it. Celebrating wins is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Helping the team helping the team communicate with each other, helping them like helping facilitating conversations. Engineers are creatives, but not necessarily the best communicators, but how do you help bring that out in them? Mm-hmm. Um, it, they help manage risk and dependencies and communication right. and how do how do they communicate both within the team and outside of the team? There's a lot that goes into that. That's not secretarial. I mean, if you've got, if you've got a scrum master, who's just like a calendar manager then they're not they're so not like doing a project their job. manager yeah right. that's what that's right. what right. like that's where a lot of them come from and i think that's it, and that's something we need to like, it's some other podcast that we do need to discuss that in terms of like the debt from the waterfall but i think at the this. at the core of what their job is and you're brandon you're not gonna like what i say about this because you and i have had conversations about what what servant leadership 
actually yeah. is versus the cliche term that mm-hmm. it is. But at the core of it, if you really are good at what you're doing, at the core of it, you're a servant leader. You're doing anything and everything you can to to serve your team so that they can do what they need to do to so I think why, get why their isn't Brandon like that concept? Because it seems like a pretty straightforward. This idea. might actually be a different it, podcast, it is, but, but the, the conversation we've had uh, offline is, I think, is actually is a very agile after dark thing, and like we could have the thing, but like servant leadership is getting you overused, mm-hmm. right? Transformation. Yeah, <laughs> tr- yeah, right. I mean, it's it's it, this concept of we can prescribe what a leader is that's more successful as a servant leader. I think you have to adjust based on your team's skill sets, what they're dealing with, this and so forth and so forth. Sometimes you need to be someone, you need someone that's going to be a little bit more prescriptive on a team that doesn't know where they're going, but this is a whole other podcast. But again, but but that goes back to servant leadership and understanding, understanding where your team's at and understanding what, what will serve them best. So it's not. And different, so that's a different, that's a different definition. So what I want to say is, is that, we as coaches, right? These these roles that we're talking about, they're the closest connection that we have in terms of like the coaching sort of skill sets that are so important, right? Scrum masters are literally the coaches of their teams because they basically are the understanding of the different variables that are within Agile and not saying, I'm going to dump everything on you and you have to do it exactly this way. I need to adjust, to my team. I need to adjust to the personality. Some of them have high emotional intelligence, but they may be introverts. Right, Greg? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, right. So we, so we were talking about what are, what, what makes a good scrum master? And that comes down to servant leadership mm. in, in the best way. And we'll talk about that right. some other time. Yeah. They're a coach for their team and they facilitate their team. Okay. So and here's, I'm getting all confused. So you're talking about coaches and leaders. What's the difference between, you know, servant leadership, coaching? Like what? Like I don't understand where we are with this thing. And I think we're going a little off topic. No, but I think that's an important. Thing, it is. Frankly. It is. I, but like, you guys are conflating those terms all together, and I'm not sure what a servant leader is versus a coach versus anything else. Like I'm, I'm confused. So what I'm going to say is, is that you know the scrum masters they're there to remove the impediments. And they're there to coach the teams and they the are there team. yeah, for the team. And they are there to be the coaches to understand what part of that process is going to work for them. They're, they're going to basically say, we're not part of the agile industrial complex. We understand for our team, what exactly is going to work for us. And this is how we're going to be the most effective. And we're going to constantly change and so forth. The, the next person up from that, whether you call it RT or whatever, they're basically looking at it and saying, Hey, for the train, for the program group that I'm dealing with, whatever it is. For multiple, this group of people. For this for this group of people that are working on related things, whatever it is, I'm going to make sure that I'm keeping track of what those dependencies are. I'm going to make sure that I'm understanding the different Scrum Masters and what they're doing and helping them to move their impediments because they're coming to me with impediments. They're going to do those things. And then this is where I get a little questionable because after that after that product level in terms you're of just, just just there you're getting questionable not other areas like every other area well do you understand what i'm saying though in terms of i understand the concept is because you can't have a bunch of scrum masters across let's say 10 to 12 teams mm-hmm. all come together 
and there's no particular and then even the scrum and scrums like oh there's a quote unquote leader of the scrum and scrums they also are scrum masters on a team is it like the electrical college electoral college yes oh. Can you enunciate that a little bit? Electoral better? College. There you go. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So it is kind of that that process of all right. We need. We actually need someone that's like that is their dedicated thing, and and we get it all the time with our clients that they're like, oh, a scrum master. I look at that role; they can handle several teams. Oh, I look at a program level. You know, if they're doing scrum to scrum, oh, a scrum master from another team can handle this stuff. Because they're just a project manager, right? Well, and that's I just and are, it's right? just in it. It's basically like no. How do we encourage the health? of the program that we're working on. How do we set it up where those scrum masters, when they have the impediments, they have somewhere to go when they're running into constant problems that are across teams. How do we deal with those particular issues? How do we connect the human people with the human people that can help get those things figured out? Exactly. And so that, that sometimes you might not, I mean, as a scrum master, your job is to remove impediments, Part, part of your job is to remove it, impediments, yeah. right? But if you don't even know who the person is that you're supposed to be talking to, then you have to have somebody to go to that says, okay, I have this I have this other view that you may not have, and I can I can help direct you to who is the person or people that you need to, to talk right. to to get those So I think there, there needs to be someone at that level that's across a program of multiple teams because to put that on the Scrum Master, now, again, like I said, some people look at Scrum Master like, well, what are they really doing? What's the real time? But having someone there to put all the pieces together and to basically able to say, hey, you you other people, and we're getting into the, the roles after this, you need to prioritize this. You need to like, we need to have like a cohesive understanding of that. It's helping, it's helping those other people that we're going to talk about at some point. Right. It's helping those other people understand the vision right. and backlog alignment it's helping them come together yeah but didn't we call this program management before we had product project managers and program managers isn't that what's different well so you know that's a that's a very important point because when we get into the next section when we're talking about kind of the 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 product managers or the you know the teams and how they like you report up and things that they're dealing with what i'm more confused about is after that person at that product level that's basically to say here's the train and so forth when you get into the the people that are creating the overall vision of what we're doing uh, i'm gonna get agile after dark here so there's the solution train engineer as a role and and safe and when you go in you click in you're kind of looking at all this stuff i don't know what that means they literally have the it's solution trained engineers and rtes they literally have both of them. There's no distinction. Mm, What's shocking. up with that? Shocking. Right? Because at a solution level, what what value are you bringing? Right? And I, that's, that's for me, I'm just, you're just, you're just trying to align well, things. Well, I'm sure they're connected to a value stream or a solution stream. Well, we can just say that, right? I'm sure that's the case, which means, again, nothing to me. No. So. Well, it's, but it's not even the solution thing. It's in the full safe stuff, too. No, I know, but I'm just saying the whole notion of that is, I, I again, I'm not. We I don't think we are bashing on safe. I think what we're saying is what what is that role? What is that role? And what again? The lack of product management creates these weird right. roles, which right. is STE. It, it's 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 a product management void that the technology people are trying to fill. This happens 
all the time, every time you see something happen where there's a lack of product management. And think about it. Most of these frameworks were developed by people who have a technology background. Okay, but I'll Almost go always. But I'll go back to, okay, so if you do have a lack of product management, how do you get that product? How do you get the product management coached up to a point where they're, where they're going to be successful? And that's where your solution so, so what, critical. No, that question. is a critical thing. That is a critical question. But what I will say to you is in most large enterprise companies, whether it be financial service, HMPS, big box companies, you know, all those all those ones that we've had a lot of experience with, you bring up this whole concept of a solution train engineer and they're like, Who is that for us? Uh, it just that that person doesn't exist, and what's the real value? And you try to explain, well, they're doing this at this different level. That the same thing that the person is doing the product level. They're like, it's just a layer of management. Yeah, like, it it's you're, you're just basically no. adding a layer to add a layer. You're you're, you're doing. It's not an agile thing. You're basically saying, well, we need to align these different roles at these different levels. I honestly don't. I, I want to. This is agile after dark, you know, and I'm gonna get a lot of. Well, I'm gonna get some emails. Um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a rant here, but uh, I don't see it. I really don't see it. I think it's just a, it's a, a fluffy thing. And even if you look on the safe site, they literally list them with the RTE. There is no distinction. No, there's there, really there's not. That being said, I think that there could be some practical application to it in terms of who is driving the 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 larger solution. Who's aligning everyone? Who's making sure that everybody's so on the same page? Who's wrangling the directors to make sure that they actually have a vision? Two things. There's execution and there's product vision. There's business vision. Mm -hmm. Those are two separate things. There, there are people who are good at executing and working with software developers and making sure that they're motivated in the right way, that they understand exactly what they're what why they're doing what they're doing so they can be creative in solving pr business problems and then there's people who are solving the what problem are we addressing in the market so that we can all get paid and make money so Correct. there's so two who, leadership points yes right? yeah. who helps and well you're kind of wrangling that's you're doing the you're, wrangling yes that's right? what you're doing you're so helping that with the communication so that may be the one part of that role that i would understand right i would but it's get not that defined that way no it's it's really not because it there's just no real distinction between that once you're doing the RT. They're basically saying, well, at this level, you're kind of like trying to wrangle these people. So, Jessica, to your point, let me just put put it like with an exclamation point. If you just take Scrum Master and, and escalate that to RTE or whatever, or ST, well, whatever, whatever that program, that what product I'm saying level, is, yeah. you're still not expected to understand what business problems are we trying to solve? It's still dependencies. It's still execution stuff. Now, it how is. can they how can they do their job if they don't understand? And the one thing about Safe that's that is good is that you partner the product manager with the RTE with the architect for the architectural runway, which also we're gonna get to. Gets worse. We're gonna get to. Yeah. So, if that works, now those those roles are just sort of spoken in a vacuous way like nobody knows what those things mean right but the the rte has to be vitally focused on the business as well because they're the ones inspiring most of the cost is with the teams most of the people working are with the team so that role is way more important than we make it that's my problem with it so this is where i'm going to say is that in the larger organizations that we deal with i think people are more understanding of what that product level person is and that that is a role that takes a full-time person than either at the scrum master role 
which ironically they should pay a lot of attention to, but they basically, if you look at a job description of Scrum Master, and they're like, oh, we can spread them across six teams, which is Ugh. wrong. Well, it it well, happens and, all yeah, the time. I know, and Jessica, I know. What were you and, and again, say? it goes back to the, the, I mean, basically treating a Scrum Master as a calendar jockey, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's all they do. <laughs> right. Um, but but again, but the the RTE and and even up to the SD, it's really it's helping and not a visual podcast yeah. <laughs> but bringing those bringing those pieces together bringing that that kind of that business side and the delivery side together and how and how do we help them communicate and that's that's what that job is is how do we help meld those two together and align them yeah so i think that's a, a good transition to yeah. coffee town uh where we're gonna you know, you know look to take a break uh, and uh, we'll we'll get you there. But I think What's we have some sponsors. Town? Coffee, <coughs> coffee town, <coughs> coffee town. Uh, but I think we we have another sponsor. So uh, you know, Justin, you want to tell us about our next sponsor? I would love to. Actually, our break is sponsored by User Stories. User Stories, they're defined as ready and defined as done. So don't start them with as a developer because that's just dumb. That's okay. I'm definitely cutting that out. And I'll seriously watch Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Come on. Well, mean trust girls? me, that wasn't the most provocative, like I told you last night. So, anyway, all right. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics Sorry. not talked gonna, about in I'm the light of you. day. I'm going to stop you because that was too quick of a transition. It's really hard for me to edit that out. So, I what need you. Oh, just because you you're like, pause. so da da da. You're like, hookers. Yeah. And welcome to Agile After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine on Brandon's <laughs> stove. <laughs> Welcome to Agile After Dark. We are really dark tonight. <laughs> and we're going to talk really fast. And we're going to be very excited about we're everything. We're super excited about everything. <laughs> so I'm going to bring us back in because Greg is like a little sad about how I have to edit. I have self-esteem his, issues. That's true. Yeah, his, his intro is several times because he was a little disjointed at the beginning um i think he got distracted by the email it's fine right? no he, he he's bugged because i focused on the fact that jessica was coloring in her nut letters that was much later your yeah, intro no, this was is, no it was, were, fine. You, it was fine it was fine but as as all as you know he wasn't included intro, in enough this intro was amazing but what we will say is what are we drinking tonight so i'm gonna start with jess what what is uh your drinking choice i know it's one of two one of two. My, I'm doing my other one today, so it's Tito's and water. All right, Tito's and water. And I will I, have to say thank you very much to Brandon and team for my introduction to this team. They left me a bottle of Tito's. It's a handle. My, it was. That's right. It was a full on handle, yeah. which is gone. No. Which is well, yeah. Well, what's but, great is because like Greg, as we said on uh, somewhat a previous podcast, Greg was like, "Hey, I need to like you know, just tell me what you need to get." He sh- showed up with a handle of Tito's and some makers, which cheers, Greg. Cheers, like cheer, put yeah. it up, put yeah, it up. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, because because of that, and I love you, Greg. Mm-hmm. Even though I had to like you know point on mm-hmm. reflection points and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm drinking tonight? Wait. A big cup of low self esteem, thanks to you, <laughs> oh. Brandon. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, That's right. Hey, Greg. Just is gonna cry. Greg, be a sailor. <laughs> Adjust to the wind. 
Get that jib in order. Yes, I have no idea right. what that means. Where's your wing right. coming from? I yeah. don't know. Greg, should we you, talk about your wing? It's Greg. coming from the front. Greg, I don't know. Your 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 attack uh, strategy. Let's let's just mm-hmm. well, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about your attack strategy, okay. and we'll we're going to be all good. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, in Greg's honor, I'm raising I'm raising my glass above the the mic booms. Little makers meet, Big. and Big. Greg. Can I say that that's that's your drink of choice and that's what you're drinking yeah, tonight? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, it's makers and tears, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, big. So, uh, <laughs> big cup of low to, self-esteem. That's what it is. So to build on what the notice great my voice is so weak. Notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, based on uh, you know uh, what we were talking about, and you know our sponsor user stories are very important to to this. So they're gonna they're definitely gonna come into this this conversation. We kind of want to get into like the the the, the team, like the, the actual people that are the creatives. We talked about Nitin and other people in previous podcasts. The creative people that are like the problem solvers, right? And how does that then uh, scale up in terms of, you know, in, in a safe uh, construct that's the system architects and above them is solution architects. But these are our problem solvers, right? They're going to break up the work. They're going to be the ones that understand Hey, working with, you know, what we're going to talk about product owners in the next section, because I saved it for last because the product side, Greg, Greg, I'm just, I'm really trying to get ramped up. That's why I was like giving a little grief earlier mm-hmm. about his intro, because when I do that, he gets a little ramped up. But, uh, you know, part of this, the, of this thing in terms of the teams is, you know, hey, how there, here's the problem. How are we going to solve it? And that, that is at the team level per team per you know thing that they're working on they're basically saying give us the problem we're going to work on it right um but at the same time they also be very aware of within a program where they can train or whatever whatever they need to understand are there dependencies of what i'm doing here in other places and so when i'm talking about scaling stuff you know what i deal with with teams you know very recently on i want a program train that i'm dealing with right now is when they're creating stories, their their instinct is to create stories that have, let's say they have six steps, right? And the first three steps, they're like, we have control of one, two, three. And number four may be a vendor, right? And maybe someone in the train, maybe someone out of the train. And they're basically saying, I'm going to scoff at that or cough at that and say, well, no, that's still part of our story because our definition of done is going to say, you know, we're going to have that done because that's how we decide that this particular thing is work is done. Well, the truth is what I tell my teams all the time is no, as soon as you have a team or anyone outside of your team, whether it's a vendor, whether it's someone outside of your train, whether it's someone inside of your train, your story is done. Right. Does that make sense to you guys? What is the, what is the work product that you can, you can say is finished based on my own control. Yeah. Right. I don't care if it's combat. I don't care if it's scrum. It's, it's definitely more applied to scrum, which they basically will say is when I look at the teams and I, you know, I have a conversation with them, I'll say, Hey, you know, you're committing to the story, but you have a vendor or you have someone else on your team. That's like step three out of the, the six steps. How can you commit to that? Right. Right, Greg. No. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I, I, I do think Jess, Jessica's, um perception of this is is interesting in that the again we go back to that who who how do the teams know who's directing them and who do they look to for leadership 
again, not not a master, but leadership. Like, what, where yeah. where did they go just to find that? Right, and and that that's where. So when we're talking about the scaling part, is this is where when I've been on other projects, way when like safe and 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 scaled concepts were really coming out, the projects that I run, they were like, hey, like we're doing a software as a service, but I have all these other, you know. Uh, basically infrastructure stuff that I have that you're trying to integrate with, like how does it all fit together? And then how do we make sure that it all works together and that then you can start building off of it? And so the teams, they don't need to necessarily be worrying about that, right? They need to be able to say like, hey, I know from a priority way and like working with my scrum master and, you know, getting stuff out of my way, I need to be able to say, Hey, I need to work on this next thing. That's what I'm working on. I'm heads down, my impediments, someone else is taking care of it. Yeah, but I, here, here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to disagree with that on some level because How in, dare you. innovation. I said good day. Innovation happens when you expose the people who, the creatives, if we call them, you know, developers, creatives, if you expose them to the work and you, you, as a product person, you're always selfish and thinking that, you know, what the business needs. And this is exactly what I want. I want a blue box and a blue thing and a button here, radio button here and whatever. And you don't allow the, the, the developer to have the, you know, the, the creative space to do what they need to do. And so if if you're prescribing things too much, that's a problem. The architectural part of what you're talking about, the the roadmap has to be a, a conversation, a high level conversation around that was the hatch, by the way. The, the conversation around what is between the product person and the technology person to say Okay, product people, you want to go here, crazy land, because that's typically what it is, crazy land Always. with the product people. Yeah. And then the technology, the architect, is the person who says, well, we can actually achieve that through this method, and it may take steps to get there, but that's how we need to do it. It's a diff But they're, they're, they're trying to achieve the same goal, but they are two separate disciplines. I agree with you, but what I'm trying to say from a the, the going back to scaling, failing, my problem is your problem, right, Greg? Whereas if I'm a team and I'm working on the stuff that I know, mm -hmm. this is the best way to solve the problem that you're you're putting towards me. Well, I can only go so far in an enterprise level system, right? Because I know I need to. Ha I have so many dependencies on other things getting done. True. Who's keeping track of that? Is it team to team and they're like having conversations? I, I get it if you have a smaller amount of teams, but when you're going to enterprise well, level. So here's here's so here's what I'll I'll give you an example of this. So if you let's say you had uh, a group of people that had seventeen teams, agile teams that are relatively eight, seventeen to nineteen teams. I'm laughing because that is actually the project I'm okay. working on right now. And you have one team and one developer on one team. One developer on one team who everybody thinks is sort of a pain because he's always challenging and he's always doing this. And, and this is again, one person thing about scale. Okay. You got yeah. 19 teams. You got one guy, one developer who says, 19, okay. you know what? We, if we did this, if we implemented this technology and in this specific instance, it was, we have to, to, in order to test, we have to click through seven screens to get to the page that we're testing. 
I wrote a script that allows us to skip the first five pages that takes into account from a quality perspective those five, early five pages. But when we get to six or seven, where we're really trying to, to develop, you know, we're, we can get there faster and that shaves a minute off of everybody's life clicking through. They don't necessarily connect directly to the business objective, but what they're doing is they're because they know what they need to do in the amount of time that they need to do it in, which is a, the business objective, that's innovation. So you can't just say, oh, the developers are just like, they just do their stuff. You have, you, if, if the business... So this is what is about is because I said they do doing their stuff. Well, but no, but what I'm saying is that everybody does need to know the business objectives and they're not just a team being delivered stuff that they're supposed to do. They do need to understand the context in which they're doing their work because that's where innovation happens. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I'm, I'm also going to say to you is that let's talk about reality. Right. I'm on a team and I'm given a problem. Best case scenario, I'm able to say I'm going to solve this problem because I'm a creative developer. Right. To then say that they're also going to say, hey, I also need to understand this architectural thing that needs. But you didn't let me finish my story, which is well, no, this one guy long winded. But this, okay. this one guy. This is where he gets a little surly at when this things go too long. Well, Jessica. you stole my Halloween costume. No, but here, here's here's my, here's my point. This one developer took that idea that he had and scaled that to 19 teams, and so 19 teams through the architect, those 19 teams were able to use that in their development strategy, so that it saved countless amounts of hours. That's that's what I'm saying. Is that you can. If, if you've got a, an effective leadership position, which is an RTE, Scrum Mat, whatever their guilds, whatever the, the apparatus is, you can, a good one person can affect a, a whole organization. But it's having that, that facilitation of being able to right. say, because I've, I mean, how many developers have you worked with or that I've worked with, that you've worked with, mm -hmm. that are like, I have this idea, or I think there's something I can have. That, that would help this, but they don't feel That's like they, right. they're, exactly. they have exactly. the ability to bring that up. That's right. And so help, yep. helping that individual person connect with another individual person and say, my problem is your problem. So this is what I'm trying to like the scaling thing. My problem as a developer, yep. I don't, I have this problem. I want to innovate, but where do I go with that? Scrum master is going to like get rid of, you know, impediments and so forth. But what's the next level of someone that I can say, Hey, this is an issue. Like we need to like address this, and this mm -hmm. is where I do think it scales to whether you're going to say it's going to be a system architect or someone that has an overall view, and it's not a product view, Greg, because mm. it's not a product view. You know why? Because of the technical side that you and I both don't are not skilled in. Who they sets? Need, who sets a enablers. priority? Who sets a priority? Product. So here's what I did in that case. Well, 19 saying, teams. That, one that guy level. has a good idea for That's 19 teams. Level. And so what I said to him, and he came to me and said, I have this idea. Here it is. And I'm like, oh, my God, this could help everybody, right? And he said, yeah. I said, so you have to go convince a product manager to prioritize this. Because yeah. this is out of the scope of work for your daily thing that you're doing. But... There is a level of business value that's provided. Absolutely. And so if you can Absolutely. help if you if you can help them 
define that. That's right. But the product manager, they have to go to the product manager and say, hey, here's what the value is for this. And this is why developers are always like, oh, I'm the victim. No, get engage in the conversation and say, no, I can save a lot of time and money for this company if we implement this concept I came up with. Yes. Go to the product manager and have the product manager prioritize it ahead of other features that may not be more important than saving, you know, 10, 15 or 20 people's time, right? We can save 50 hours Absolutely. of work. Absolutely. By individual human people, by doing this one thing, then absolutely it should be part of our prioritized that's backlog. That's absolutely right. But you have to have someone that, that's yeah. helping to drive that, which goes back to the yeah. RTE, yeah. goes back to the SDE. Yeah. But it's it's facilitating those conversations. And you have to have a good architect who understands that's right. the fact that that's right. Because we haven't this talked is, about the, have this talked does about provide yep. We've not talked about enablers and architecture right, runway right. in this entire section, which is kind of crazy. But I will I will say that on previous projects that I've been, that was the that was the game changer because that was the constant problem that they ran into. And they needed to have that to basically say, we understand that this is our vision, Greg, but not vision from a product standpoint, but vision from a, <laughs> how are we actually gonna make this stuff yeah. work? You know, all this shit that you're like trying to do from the product side, sounds great. That's right. We all want to get the customer, but you know what? We have to have this architectural runway in place That's and right. these enablers That's in right. place because otherwise we're screwed. Well, and there's the, there's the architectural, there, there's the runway, but there's also the innovative things that individuals come up with, which is why they should go to their scrum master. Their scrum master should say, yeah, that's a valuable thing. Go to the product person and say, we've got to prioritize this because it's going to save a ton of time, but they're not. They're, they're not passive in that conversation. It's like developers just develop. No, they should have a, an opinion and a voice yeah. and say, no, I have a good idea. Yeah. They should be involved in yeah. that and they should feel so, empowered to do that. And the Scrum Master should be that person to, I think, help that. For sure. But I think if you have a really for good... For sure. For sure. Oh, Kenny's coming out. Okay. So, <laughs> um, no, but you're... you're your systems architect, your solutions architect, your, your architects, one of their biggest jobs should be listening. Mm -hmm. Listening to your developers, listening to the people who are doing their job day to day. Because you can, and I've heard it a million times from people who are doing this job, like, oh, you guys think we just draw boxes and lines. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's our job. We draw boxes and lines. But... But you should be listening to the people who are doing the coding on a day-to-day -day basis and working towards how do we help them deliver the best product possible. I agree. And good yeah. architects are self-effacing. And they, when they do the boxes and lines joke, they're doing it because they kind of realize, hey, we're just like talking about yeah, high great, ideas. But how often yeah. are those people but, really? That's, that's, you're, you're dealing with like that. You've had, you've had a very... We, gender was one of our people that was on our podcast and, you know, other people that you've dealt with. I mean, I've been lucky to have good architects. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. So amazing architects. So, so that's not the, the standard, but it's not, but it, but, but you have to have architects. Right, you have to have just. architects who will also be advocates mm -hmm. for, so they're not just designing right. like the most perfect system of like whatever they're dealing with the systems oftentimes, especially in enterprise that are, that right. are already there, that are monolithic, that they're are fucked up. archaic. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna put it out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. That they're they're yeah. difficult to work with, yeah. but that they'll Midwesternized right here. 
They're difficult. No, no, but no, but, <laughs> but I, I think you, I mean, everything you're saying is, and by the way, quality is the other part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. That gets dismissed. Architecture gets dismissed and quality gets dismissed. Yes. Everybody yeah. focuses on scrum teams. Oh, scrum teams will solve all of our problems. That's not true. You have no. to have good architects. You have to have good quality people. You have to good, have good product management. If you don't have all of that, yeah. then it doesn't matter how high pro- highly productive your teams are. They're not building stuff that makes let's, sense let's, to the business. Let's, let's go back to our second podcast, Craig. Teams own quality. Yeah, right? they absolutely own quality. Teams own quality. And if they don't have that sense of ownership, but are they going to get that from just the team themselves? Or are they going to get that from... What we're going to get into in our next section, what we're going to like transition into. But are they going to get that from just the team members that are there? Or are they going to get it from like an architect who is a visionary who's able to say, hey, everyone, we own quality. We are the ones that we have architectural runway. We have enabler, you know, things that we absolutely have to do. And that and the product people, you need to pay attention to me. You need to pay attention to what I'm and saying. And here's why. Yeah. And here's and why. And be able to articulate that. Right. Absolutely. So... With that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, send your feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. Uh, trust me, the rants are coming because we're going to get into product management uh, in the next section. So go to rants at feedback, uh, sorry, rants at agileafterdark.com. So I get rum and water. Oh and and I gave it to him, and he was like, "Thank you." And so at the end of the night, once somebody watched me making drinks, like you don't know what you're doing, you need to go away. You're not doing this right. He came up to me at the end. And he's like, "My boy, that was the best rum and water I've ever had." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Thank you," because I knew I screwed up. I'm like, "Thanks, I don't know anything." Oh, shoot, sorry. Well, I I did catering in college, and it was the same thing. Like I started to learn, and then like people are like. Someone called me and was like, yeah, can I get a white Russian? And I was and I look at him and I was like, yeah, I absolutely can get that for you. What's in that? How many What? Yeah, and they were, and I was like, you know, and they were, they were like, do you have any milk? And I was like, this is a trick question. <laughs> You're putting milk in <laughs> liquor? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that song. That's one of my favorite quotes ever. It's like, milk is a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to agile after dark uh hey where do we get our feedback to agile after dark great question it's at feedback at agile after dark.com thank you very much is that right is that that, am i right right. yeah okay very cool so by the way we were talking about teams and the team's influence on the product management side of things and why the team should have influence or should have an opinion and should inform how the product management side uh, deals with, um, you know, specific issues around features to, to, to bring up to, you know, a specific point. So how, how do you feel about that? Well, I think, I think it's really important for the team to have a voice, right? We talk about being able to have ownership and being able to being able to do the things that they need to do. And so there has to be some level of feedback loop with not just, you know, the the architects, but also your, your product owner. I mean, they're they're the ones that own, here's our backlog. Here's what we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And 
And in order, in order for a team to be really successful, they have to be able to say, hey, there, here's some efficiencies that we feel like and we see that, that can be reached. And here's the business value behind that. So that a project owner, project manager can say, yes, actually, we're going to work on those, those technical aspects that aren't necessarily going to be like, hey, we delivered this button to this, this application, but more like uh, we saved 35 hours. But isn't that the whole reason why you do two-week sprints? is to provide feedback back to the business to say we can do this in a more effective way by providing a technology. Because remember, we're talking about technology for the most part, at least in this podcast. Isn't it the whole point is we can do things better faster, like the $6 million man. We can do things better and faster, and the team can only help the product manager. Because the product manager doesn't know about the technology. They don't understand that. All they know is about, well, I want to get may. it done. They may, Greg. They may, but, not, but no, for the most part, assume that they don't. Don't generalize, because you're a general. You don't but generalize. No. You hate the generalization. Here's what I would say is assume that they don't, but assume that they have Greg doesn't an know. architect and or the team to say, hey, if we did it this way, the, the benefits for the business are X. Or why, right? Right, but you also have, I mean, you have to have a team that's able to articulate that, one. And that you have to encourage them, right? To, yes. To be able to do and that. And you, you have to allow them to have the ownership over that. Right. And say, hey, you can that's bring right. your ideas forward. You that's can, right. You can, you can absolutely say this stuff. And then from a product product ownership, product manager, management aspect, you have to balance, because it does take time, effort, energy to do those things. And so you have to balance what is the, like, what is the button that we're trying to provide? Yeah versus how much time, how much time and effort and energy right. can, we, can we save the next time we want to save right. so, move a button or do something different so as we transition into this kind of product realm what you're saying is that you don't know much the, about the, the product okay. owner really is the cog it's not even a, that's a bad word to use it's they're they're the center of the universe in at least software development because they understand the technology side, they understand what the team is going through, what the team is working on. They also are getting pressure and influence from the business side, right? So they are the single person who can help bridge that gap. And I will say that one of the things when I was transitioning from being a project manager to the agile side, the product owner being a person that was on the team on a break, like literally they, they 100% dedicated to the team was the biggest difference maker in probably the agile standpoint almost versus anything else that we've done because you basically have someone where they're able to say to you hey from a business standpoint we have this priority but by the way we're going to talk to you because sequentially that may like make no sense whatsoever right right so like we literally have to like look at how we're going to do the stuff that we business-wise think makes sense and the product owner is able able to say to like the people above them and this is where we're going to get the scaling thing to say hey i'm talking to my team and they say that's total bullshit like that cannot actually work because or it could work but there's other there, why would do you a couple things real quick right that mm -hmm. could make it easier to do that in right. the future where mm -hmm. you're going to get the value out of that that mm -hmm. you want but but, but the only the product owner can I'm now speaking in hushed tones for some reason. But yeah, I, what I'm trying to say is I think exactly what you're saying. Silent I sailor. Agree. You're you're right. The product owner is the person who can translate what the team is talking about mm -hmm. to the product, right? So that's why they're such a critical They are the most critical role in agile, in my opinion. 
They really are. Basically, based on the where we're the debt that we've had in the past to where we're, we we are now, in terms of we've had the command and control coming down to us, and we basically have had people saying this is the way you need to do things, and basically the product already being there and saying here is our prioritization based on the business value. But I'm also going to listen to the team to say to you this is what I need to do. However, the product owner on the team can only do so much. Right? They can only say, based on what my team is going to do, this is the scaling part. This is where we're having this podcast about, is my team feels like this is the highest priority thing that we need to do, but the product level, the product manager needs to be able to say, from a larger level, non-story level, hey, product owners, this is what I'm seeing as a priority and it comes down to them, but it's not command and control because they're able to go to the teams and say, this is what I think needs to happen. They're, the team's going to say, you're freaking crazy. This will never work. And that was never there before. And that's why I think the product owner position and the product owner role is one of the most revolutionary ideas in Agile and, and mm-hmm. in software development that's probably ever come out out of anything. It provides a point of contact that connects all of the different dots. Yeah. Right, all of these different disparate um, needs and wants and and decisions that that have to happen, and can and can listen to all of that, and make decisions based on all of that information instead of having all of these different things coming at the team from different. Exactly. So areas. we're talking about scaling, which is the yes. The, Thank the you, Greg. Whole, uh, yeah, right? the, yeah. He, How do you I put scale? my finger in like the 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 visual cues, and I was like, I was gonna do it, but like Greg. If you talk about scaling, that's how you do it because the product owner becomes, you can only have one product manager typically, and then you have a whole sea of C-level or director level. But by the way, Greg, what if you don't have that? We do not have one product manager. So we've run into this in many, many clients we've run into. There are technology managers that have been been transitioned into product managers, but I just got to put that out there. No, I know, but but let's just talk about like, Easy path or okay. happy path. All right. We'll get into if you've got a, a like a product manager, but you have seventeen teams, the product owners. To me, when I coach, it's I when I when I come into a particular big team, whether it's whatever, however they're organized, I always focus on the product owners because the product owners know the truth. Yeah. They will they get all the liars in the room and tell the truth, and it's always the product owners who know the best. And if you can get the product owners aligned. Then you can come up with some narrative on where they are and what they need to do and then start to influence the product manager who is, again, being influenced by a million. It's a very hard job being milled by, but the product owner will execute on everything. It's not the product manager who does that. But it's not a happy path, Craig, because I have I've dealt with product managers that are basically they're saying, I kind of want to keep doing what we've been doing. And so I'm going to become Kanban, for instance. I'm basically going to say... Oh, yeah, the Scrum thing? No, we're not doing that. We're doing Kanban, so the, which is more kind of the advanced agile stuff. So they basically like, oh, we're going to show people and the PI because that's where we're going to do our demos. So here, so, so I'll give you a, a, a instance of a group I worked with, which was a, a, a data group, 
inside of a large financial services company said, hey, we're really thinking about moving away from Scrum and going into Kanban. And so I said, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll have a conversation with you about that. Why is it you want to move to Kanban? I mean, there's good reasons for sure. Um, but help me understand. And they said, well, we, you know, we really can't make our commitments. So we yeah. want to move to Kanban. Oh. And I thought, oh, really? Okay, well, yeah. why do you think Kanban will solve your commitment problems? Well, because... You know, it's just a board. You move stuff around. You, and you do commit. so. Yeah, exactly commit. right, Jessica. You don't have to commit. You don't have to commit. Yeah. And I said, your problem is you go. You you have a problem committing. And hey. at the end of that conversation, which was three hours, which was three hours, yeah. they said, "You're right. We have a commitment problem. It has nothing right. to do with Scrum or Safe or Scrum of Scrums or blah blah blah. It, it means that we're not committing. That's a so, team problem." Right, so this this is this is where it's not a scaling thing. I think it's probably a good podcast for in the future. But what I will say is this is part of the debt that we get from yep. waterfall teams, mm-hmm. where commit's probably not the right word. Commit is a thing that is very similar to when we do pointing with engineers. We do pointing with engineers that like numbers mean things, right? So don't don't tell me that a three versus a, an eight doesn't mean something it does to them because they're engineers when you're saying you're going to commit something in two weeks and you don't hit it in their mind they're sitting there saying i've committed something and now i haven't done it and i'm going to like my we talk about the organizational citizenship we talked about performance reviews greg in the past with like carrie and others basically they're saying we committed this thing and we didn't get it oh my god we didn't get it so we're going to be slapped on the wrist and we're going to be reviewed we're gonna be able to look at. They're basically people who are gonna look at us and say, "We did not hit our commitments on this sprint, this sprint, this sprint." Right, Greg? Yeah. So I'm gonna ask just this question because I think this would be something that she would say. So there's all these measurements and there's tools and there's you know whether it's you know Rally who now is owned by Computer Association or you know, whatever whatever tool Screw you're the using tools. is right. That's like, but what I'm saying is individual action. But in, but, yeah. but what what I think you're getting at is that. There's, there's a accountability issues, and so when you say commitment to me, the most important thing for me, if I go into a large organization, is can a team make a commitment? And I, that's all I focus on at the beginning because all I care about is their behavior, and their behavior is about commitment. It's not about numbers. It's not about features. It's about can they humanly make a commitment? Well, I mean, you, you put it to Jessica, so I apologize. I'm, I'm jumping in, but there's two parts of this, which is, is it in a tool of, you say rally or whatever, in terms of version one, whatever version one or rally or whatever. Yeah. We basically have said, you know, this is what I'm going to evaluate in terms of, am I, am, am I, we were talking about different levels, right? Am I product people? Or am I director people? This is where we're talking about product ownership and we're talking about solution architects. Like, we're not sorry, uh, solution management. They don't give a crap about your, your, your stories in a tool. They really don't care. All they care about is what, what is the progress on your features, whatever you're going to say, the next level. They care about predictability. And what is the predictability and what is when the epic? That's all they care about. They're, so many teams like go into like, well, so I'm gonna easy. go in the tool. They don't I'm care about go, the mechanics. I'm gonna go in the tool, yeah, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like look at every single story. Oh yeah. No. And we're we're gonna evaluate based on metrics. No. Hundred percent. No. 
Can because I... so this is this is where I'm gonna say to Greg, and I'm gonna let a little bit Jessica get me after this, but Greg has actually taught me very well, which is what is it, the team level, whether it's at like the product level, even if it says like the solution level, tell your story. Narrative. Right. Yep. Tell your story. I've done this for the last two weeks. And if the, the product manager is not showing up to that demo, if the other people are not showing up to the demo every two weeks, that is a that is a hundred percent part of the agile principles. They are basically the rapid feedback and the conversation and you you know, and, and I've I've actually been part of teams that are Dillard in less than a week, right? I've been in less than a week. And they, the teams are like, well, we're not going to get any good valuable feedback. Well, two and a half days, they actually get valuable feedback. Okay, I'm backing you so far up right now because seriously, it's not just about the story because the story is something. The story is something. And it's important. And it's important, it's important to be able to talk about that. But more important than that is the team being honest with themselves. It's an honesty. Agreed. Isn't that part of the story, Agreed. though? Agreed. Well, I think no, we're talking about different No, because your story levels. can be a narrative oh, that, levels. like, here's why we didn't get things done or here's how, why we were able to, like, here's how amazing we are. You can you can manipulate a story. Okay, so I, to I'm going to... To make it comfortable well, okay, for well, kind of could say, like, I'm going to agree with both of you. Kind of could say, like, I'm going to agree with both of you. So let me just, let me just, so, and this is, we could split this into two podcasts at this point. So what <laughs> Jessica's saying is, the team needs to be accountable and they need to make a commitment on a two week basis or through whatever the team decides and not to do. Just, not and it's just not, a it's showcase. not a showcase. It's to, not a showcase. Correct. And it's not a commitment to a product owner. It's not it's a commitment to each other. Like how do we get this? It is a commitment, but work? I would I would disagree. It is it's a commitment both. to the product owner because yes. the product owner yes. signs off on it, yep. right? So the product Absolutely. owner says, Yes, we asked you to do this. But it's also a commitment to each other is like That's how right. do how That's do right. we as a group That's get this right. worked on? What Brandon's talking about is something different. He's yeah. talking about it more in a three month period what did you do oh we had we didn't know what we didn't know so we had three spikes and so we didn't get this feature done mm. that narrative is important that is. story to tell to a director is important to say yes. hey we didn't know what we didn't know it's not our fault we took the so, we were brave and took the step to go research what we had to do right so but so a lot of the the, the reality we're going to talk this agile after back we're going to talk about the reality right we're going to talk about yeah like these teams, they have these plan work, and they're gonna do their plan work, and they're gonna like. But that's most, most teams have a, a crap load of unplanned work. They yep. have service work, that's where the and they have a capacity thing, and that's 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 so where the honesty comes. That's in. where I'm trying to this, you, but that's where I'm talking talking about. You're telling a story every two weeks, because this is the important thing. We're talking about scaling to a product manager, and Greg understands this because we talk about it all the time. Is one difference where in the, our past world, you basically had a milestone and you were like, we got six months down the line and the conversation was like, well, yeah, we had, we were supporting all this stuff and we can't really quantify what that was. You do it every two weeks to the product manager and they are the one person, that's the most important it. person to be in a demo. And this is one of them, you know, or demo showcase every two weeks. Whether There's it's a Kanban or whatever, they need to understand what's going on. What is the story? What is my team doing? Because they don't need to be command and control. They don't need to be like in every single stand-up. They don't need to be every single like whatever. But the, the demo showcase, whatever you freaking want to call it, 
they need to be there to basically say, what is my story of my team? And I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm ahead, totally going to go. And that, that piece of it is what makes people's lives better. Yes. hundred percent. Right. Because before, like you, no matter what, you had to hit a deadline. You had to do this. You had to do this. You had to do this. Like no matter what came in. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So now you're able to say like, here's, here's our bucket. Yeah. And here's all the stuff that came into mm-hmm. our bucket. And that's why we didn't do this. And then people actually get to have lives right. exactly. around it. Exactly. It is acceptable because it's understood Agile, and you're able to see it. Agile washes away the shame. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, we, we, so we haven't you, talked about that for a while. If you that's, talk, if you, if one you of my favorite lines way, from Greg, there's an 18 month roadmap. This is where we want strategically to go as a business. Okay, so you have that. That's a product manager's job is to build that roadmap. And then there is everything that happens in between to get from here to 18 months, which is even a stretch, but that's what's reasonable. And exactly what you're saying, you have no 18 months. idea. My God, somebody got pregnant. In product marketing, it, right. it's, it's called unique business value features, right. so it's UBVs. So typically with every release, you want to have three UBVs and then you have two exciters. Okay, so the UBVs are things that give you a three X advantage in the marketplace, meaning that there there are things you're doing with this product that nobody else is doing. Really hard to do. The exciters are it stuff is. that gets the salespeople excited and yeah, gets the customers yeah, yeah. excited that aren't that interesting. The buttons, the colors, the blah blah blah. But you got to put those in there as well. Oh, so the product buttons. manager, so many you have buttons. to have this thing now. But what I'm going to come back to your point, Jess, because I think there's an interesting building tension in our conversation that I think is a really healthy thing is that product managers are nutty. They're self involved, self absorbed. I, um, belong to product, uh, pragmatic marketing frame and the, the, the mugs say, while your opinion is interesting, it's irrelevant. And that's what product managers think. That's yeah. their mindset. Yeah. Okay. Should be. Yeah. And Should be. Exactly. But if they don't understand and take into consideration as we're talking about scaling versus failing, if they don't say, I need an architect to understand my vision and to realize yep. my vision, if you don't take into consideration the innovation that the teams have on a day-to-day, a week-to-week basis, yep. you're never going to get there. So you, everybody has to come together to scale, right? That's the end yeah. of the... That, so this, this is where I will say the product side is where like that third level, whatever that is in terms of the overall vision... I 100% agree because the product people, like, they're kind of like, where are they getting their direction, Greg? From all kinds of places, but it's typically. From everywhere. But it's not cohesive, and it's typically from and senior it, management. And it needs, well, senior or management. Or the street that's or that, whatever. That, that right? is where that, the, we talk about layers. You were asking in the beginning of the podcast, where are the layers? It's that's the, the one, if you're that's public, the it's one the time where I'm going to be able to say to you, whether it's like directors, VPs, I don't freaking care. They're basically able to say, hey, we need to like break into the, you know, this particular market, right? And for this particular product that we do, this is how we're going to break into that market. Hey, product people, solve that problem for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the scaling thing. The product people is like, all right, this is how we think we're going to solve that problem. We're going to go to the teams and say, here's our problem. Teams, solve this problem. Yeah, and it's not. It's more complicated than that. It's product. It's product marketing. It's product, and we're 
you know and again like they, they have so many different people that they have mm-hmm. to talk to and have to understand and but the but the good ones the good ones yeah, are able yeah, to take but the teams always they they, but they the always end up teams yeah. are the teams a part are the, of that that's right that's right and they, and they always get left out because yeah, the they're, teams are the best they, they they have so many good ideas they have so many cuz by the way typically they're users end users of the software oh, by the way yeah and they can say i would never click on that that's dumb and they're typically just from a you know an age perspective probably a little more on top of what people are thinking in the future like you should absolutely be listening to the teams and their opinions and yes we're they're developers we get it you're a pain in the ass you guys but no, they got the good creatives. opinions. They're, they're the, the creatives. creatives. That's yeah. why. If you're a graphic designer or you're a developer, you're a pain in the ass. But listen, listen to them because yeah. they know what they're talking about. You listen. You have to listen to them as much as you listen to any of the other pieces Agreed. that you have that, that you have to manage. Absolutely. And if you're a good product owner, you or product manager, you listen totally. to all manager. of those pieces, right. and you're able to disseminate it down and go one, two, three, four, right. five, six. Yeah, so yes, I, I think this is a great idea. So the, the important thing that I want to say, well, the important thing I want to say about this is, we have not said anything about WSGF. We never. Oh, really? know, shocking! Yeah, mm. I know. You know why? Because like, tell me the problem. It's the dumbest. Tell thing me, of all tell, time. yeah, tell me, tell me what I'm trying to solve. It's actually not the dumbest thing of all time. It's not, it's not it's, dumb. No. It's not, especially it's not when you're dumb. starting but, out. Hold on. I will say, especially when you're starting out as a brand new, like, we're talking about, like, again, enterprise groups that have never done this. No, and I, I, what, I agree with you. I agree with you. It gets them so thinking not, in a certain not, kind not of way. Like, especially if you're in a highly regulated industry. That's where it really works. Because you're yes. really saying, if we get fined $6,000 for this... But it really isn't that big of a deal. Let's take the fine for six thousand dollars and go on our path. It's not That's a, a it's good not thing. a worthless exercise. And I think no. especially yeah. if you're starting out like I mean, not to not to promote our most recent sponsor transformation, but if like <laughs> if you're if you're at the beginning that of a transformation and, and, as, a, and nice as a job. and as a as a as a group as an organization you've never done this before it's worthwhile to well, take the and time by to the say way, what's what what actually is yeah and and you by the way Jess, you've saved us from money. all the hatred that we're going to get from anybody who loves safe again realignment it's just like having at the very beginning just yeah. like having oh my gosh the business people talking to the IT people but how do you do that on a larger scale and this, how do you this is where just where we get like servant leadership no this is where I want to say to you, servant leadership is not like, oh, you guys figure out something out. No, for me, I'm no, saying, it's... I'm saying, hey, everyone, this is my vision. This is what I think is important, and that is the that is that level that is there and the product level above the product level, Greg. Where I'm basically, I want to say, like, you know what, we need we need to keep the tracks going because we have this the service stuff that we need to do. But you know what, we need to look ahead. Because yes. we need to automate. There has to we be. We need a to cross train. We need to be able to say that this we're going to be build high capacity teams. Because you know what, mm-hmm. we have the challenges and we're going to take it on. And that and that's where's the challenge, Greg? I don't, I don't see, see it. it. I don't see it. You know what I love? I love the fact. Say we don't see you know what I love? Say. I love the fact <laughs> we have Jess that. here because. I am so sick and tired of listening to you, <laughs> and I'm sure you're sick and tired of listening to me. I'm just so happy she's here so yeah. she can break it up. And right. I so, appreciate you bl- butting yeah. in and so going, you two yeah. knock it off already. Is yeah. my, so is my cohort 
co co-op. co-host. Co-host. I think you're in. It was my addition. How yeah. did my addition I think go? you're in. This is like right. a third edition, but yeah, that's right. I think you're in. I love you. Yeah. I mean, oh. you know, in a, in yeah, a yeah, professional like a way. Very professional oh, way. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're dressed as sailors, so watch oh, out. Oh, gosh. You guys. Yeah, just, yeah. You just don't even sailors. know. Okay. Not in the YMCA... <laughs> Whatever village. Hold people. on, it is. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, I just got okay. a total vision of you guys in <laughs> oh, no. like full YMCA costumes. I shouldn't have said that. YMCA. Brandon's poor wife just showed up, and she's like, "Get these people out of my house now." <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to dinner. Dismantle Apollo 13. So, everyone, I hope you enjoyed uh, this one. Uh, there was a lot of good conversation. We tried to like liven it. We took it to the next level. Next level, right? All level. All level. Oh, so. Send your feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. And uh, don't forget our sponsor from User Stories. User Stories. They're defined as ready and defined as done. So don't start them with as a developer because that's just dumb. Yes, it is. Well delivered. Absolutely. All right. I think she's in. Yep. We got one. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, We'll see you on the next podcast. Yeah, I'm, not like, I'm still finishing it. <coughs> yeah, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Can you go through the hatch and uh, get me a bourbon neat? That'd be amazing. I'd appreciate that. I mean, if yeah. you felt like pouring a Tito's water while you're out there. Oh. Tito's water. Okay, so I'm, yours is easy. I don't know if we need to do What? What do you want? Tito's. Tito's water, half and half. Then you have ice in it, though, right? Yeah, nice. Oh, I was gonna say, just that's really. Gross. Yeah, no ice. Let's yeah. Water down warm. Uh, I've got lime. You want to put lime in it? If you could nuke it? it for me real quick, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like warm. Ooh, what? <laughs> he was trying to think of the most disgusting things. We were trying to figure out the worst thing you could say. It was like, hey, would you like a bowl of, a hot bowl of warm hot dog and cheese soup? Shut up. Shut up. That's, that's called St. Louis chili. Oh. oh, chili five way, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>